No Team Canada gold medal to celebrate this year at the IIHF World Juniors. And in fact, a very rare departure in the quarterfinals. Uh, It's been, I think, what, three, four times in 25 years Canada hasn't made it to the final four, the semifinal round. And if you think of it, that makes the quarterfinal so important because you win the quarterfinal, you do automatically get two more kicks at the can. In Canada's case, they lost that quarterfinal uh, to Chechia, and it was the end of the road and disappointing for Macklin Celebrini and company. Next year's IIHF World Juniors in Ottawa, and that should be quite the show indeed for Team Canada. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Celebrini and others who are still eligible next year for Canada. But we said it going into the tournament, Sweden as host nation and the United States as up-and-coming are going to be really hard to beat over these next few years. The American program has done quite a bit of enhancement at a number of levels. And I, I, I think you can see at the junior level, the rivalry between Canada and the United States uh, could wind up being, uh, you know, even more than what we see in terms of Canada and U.S. Uh, going forward, knock on wood, uh, with best on best at the Winter Olympics going forward. We do have a lot of ground to cover, a lot of bulls and bears to rate and debate here on this hour of the sport market. We're going to kick things off in just a couple of moments with a look at the headlines in Sun Sports, a weekend extra Sun Sports, checking out the headlines in uh, the hard copy of the newspaper and online at VancouverSun.com. We're going to be joined by Samantha Chang of the Broadscast and Denton's Law Firm here in Vancouver, giving her take on the Vancouver Canucks approaching the halfway mark of the season. Uh, We will uh, also have Steve Ewan go around the horn for us with some Canucks biz, Lions biz, Giants and WHL biz, Vancouver Warriors biz, uh, Vancouver Canadians biz, Vancouver Whitecaps biz, uh, all the major franchises will check in on them with Steve Ewan of the province and theprovince.com. Of course, uh, we're brought to you in part by Pastime Sports and Games. Uh, January 21st, Andre Kuzmenko scheduled for an autograph signing session. February 15th, it's Trevor Linden. For more details and other signing sessions coming up, just visit pastimesports.ca. Also, big shout out and thank you to Alpine Credits. Uh, presenters of the Sport Market Podium, funded by Alpine Credits, and Chambers Plan Employee Benefits. It's more than just health and dental. It is an entire toolkit to not only uh, uh, protect your business, but to protect your employees. Get started today at chamberplan.ca. Let's take a look at the headlines in this morning's edition of Sun Sports. Welcome to Weekend Extra with Sun Sports, presented by the Vancouver Sun. Seriously, West Coast. Patrick Johnson on the section page of the hard copy of the newspaper and online at VancouverSun.com poses the question in the Canucks mailbag. Is it short-term doldrums and long-term vibes? It is uh, interesting that despite the Vancouver Canucks uh, uh, 
approaching the halfway mark where they are among the very best teams in the entire National Hockey League, that you've got so much anxiety in the marketplace going into the uh, going into this new year. Uh, Patrick Johnson has that all mapped out. Uh, Aziz Rajwani, uh, the bottom line is what you don't want in the business of hockey and in the business of business and the business of life, you don't want complacency. You don't want disinterest. Uh, you know, fans being enraged and and concerned is a lot better than them not caring at all. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you know what what does the what does the semi line say? Semi headline there says some fans questioning the team's plan amid Vancouver's bumpy start to twenty twenty four. You know, one loss and all of a sudden. Uh, you know that the, the 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 fan base is skittish, and they, you know it makes sense to me. It, it makes sense that it's justified because you know we've suffered, the fan base rather has suffered for the last decade. It's been the lost decade, but you know what the article talks about is also a plan, and and that's one of the things that I think John has also repeatedly over the years emphasized, is that you know the bending years they didn't seem to be a plan, and now there is a plan, and you've just got to stick to the plan and. Stick to the process and hope that long term it'll work out. And so far, it seems to be working out, despite obviously a few glitches here and there. But one game does not a whole season make or a whole year make. So hopefully, uh, the Canucks will do much better tonight and uh, and the rest of the six games on the on on this trip. Uh, John Festinger, the uh, the beautiful color image in the hard copy of the paper and online at VancouverSun.com uh, is Andre Kuzmenko uh, uh, from the two-goal performance where he bounced back from a scratch, but he was scratched again uh, on uh, on on Thursday night in St. Louis, uh, uh, we're efforting to get reconnected with uh, John Festinger. But I'll I'll ask you the question: uh, Aziz, uh, look into your crystal ball. Andre Kuzmenko is he part of the Vancouver Canucks after the trade deadline? Well, that's a really tough question to ask. Now, based on you know the amount of money that they're paying in and they're signing five point five million per uh, year yeah, cap you know, he, hit. He should be here, and this isn't, you know, Jim Benning who, who signed him for this contract. This is a new regime that signed him that obviously believed in him, but the coach wants to change him a little bit, and I think he's got to be, you know, he's got to want to change and do what the coach wants him to do to stick around. But it's also going to be hard to trade him unless there's a promise some team sees something that obviously Rick Tockett doesn't see, and they're willing to take that chance. But I see him that he'll still be around, and hopefully he'll be reformed. John Festinger, I'll ask you the same question. Andre Kuzmenko, he's featured uh, on the hard copy of the newspaper. Beautiful uh, shot, him celebrating a goal. Uh, not as many goals, of course, as he scored last year. Uh, he has been scratched, I think, uh, uh, six times now, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Uh, does he wind up figuring long-term in the Vancouver Canucks plans, or is this just a, a, a short-term blip? Um. I don't know if he figures long-term. Uh, I, I, I don't know that he has any great trade value the way he's playing now. So I think they're going to reform him. I would be very surprised if he was still with the Canucks, um, say, halfway through next season. But you see him basically closing out the year and potentially being given the opportunity to turn things around. I, I, I think so. I, I think so, because I don't know that they would get the value they need out of him now. 
John, we talked about it earlier this weekend on the sport market, and it's uh, one of the other headlines in Sun Sports on the section page uh, to the sports section. Uh, Wander Franco facing the sex allegations in court. Uh, this is always uh, an uncomfortable story, not only for the victims, the alleged victims, uh, but for the antagonists in it and, and their families and, and related organizations. Uh, this is just a real difficult story uh, for everybody involved, in, including Major League baseball they obviously want the focus on uh on the fans to be on the good stuff uh, the home runs the extraordinary uh, physical skills that these athletes have well it is it, it, it's a terrible story um for everyone um and we have to see you know where the facts take us but it sure looks like the facts are uh that uh, defranco did uh that wander franco did uh, what he's alleged to have done. Uh, otherwise, there probably wouldn't have been a payoff. Um, can't say that, that definitively, but it certainly looks that way. Um, and so ultimately, he's the one responsible. He's damaged his own career, his own credibility, and he's damaged Major League Baseball. So, um, you know, how he overcomes this, that's beyond me, I have to say. Another big legal story on the pages of Sun Sports, uh, the uh, Court of Appeals, BC Court of Appeals, upholding uh, the damages and award given to the rec league, a hockey player suffering that injury. That is both online and in the hard copy of the paper. And then, of course, Seahawks, they backed themselves into a corner, uh, lost a must win against the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers last week. They now not only need to beat the Arizona Cardinals uh, tomorrow. They need help and they need a Green Bay Packers loss to get into the playoffs. Look into your crystal ball, John. Uh, will the Seahawks grab the seventh seed or are they history? No, I said last week they wouldn't and I said last week that they would lose and they did. Um, I don't think they'll make it. I think they'll win. I think the Seahawks will win the game, but I also think Green Bay will win. And of course, Lambeau Field, a tough uh, a proposition there for any opponent coming to town. Aziz Rajwani, your thoughts uh, as we look at that major coverage for the Seahawks, uh, of course, and that's a 1.25 uh, p.m. kickoff. Uh, you can listen to uh, the action right here on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver Seahawks football on Sportsnet 650. Uh, your thought, Do, does Pete Carroll and, and his charges find a way to, uh, to, to, to get in here? Well, I'll definitely have my Legion of Doom uh, hoodie on tomorrow at 125. Uh, yeah, too bad loss last week. The defense just didn't stand up. I remember the Fox TV stat that was on at halftime. In the last 10 games that the Seattle Seahawks has played, they've got the second worst run defense in the league. They've given up, given up 155 yards per game. Well, guess what? They gave up in the first half, 145 yards. The tackling was woeful, but hopefully tomorrow they recover. And I actually think that Chicago can take the Green Bay Packers tomorrow. Justin Fields, this been is playing the game well. to show that this is the game to show that, hey, you guys have got to hang on to me. You've got a first round, you got the first overall pick, not just a first round pick, the first overall pick, but keep me. Don't go for a quarterback, trade down and get some other help for me and and we'll succeed. And this is his time to show it. And I think he is going to show it. And so I think Chicago wins. And now once again, I think Seattle's got to take it in their own hands and win, and hopefully, we, you know, we play one more game at least, if not more. Because remember, this is the 10th year anniversary of the Super Bowl win in 2014. So Seattle's got to get into the playoffs, and hopefully 
hopefully win at least one round. Yeah, I was there at MetLife Stadium for that Super Bowl win, which should have been the first of two consecutive uh, for the Seahawks. But that's another discussion for another time. And it's uh, quite an old discussion now. Uh, the other headlines in Sun Sports very quickly. Uh, hip issues worrying Rafael Nadal with the Australian Open uh, looming just around the corner. Germany advancing to the semis at the United uh, Cup. And uh, Patrick, um, uh, or, uh, sorry, Joshua uh, Clipperton uh, checks in on the latest uh, from the IIHF. Uh, the boss, of course, being optimistic that the NHL will return to the Olympics. Uh, you guys know how I feel. This should be absolutely job one for the National Hockey League with the right media rights deal. There's no better global marketing strategy than the NHL's players being at the Olympic Games, uh, which would be in Milano 2026. Big shout out and thank you to both Aziz Rajwani and John Festinger. You guys have a terrific uh, rest of the weekend. Go, Karak, go! There we go. There's John Festinger and Aziz Rajwani. Next up, this hour, we'll be joined by Samantha Chang of Denton's. She's a lawyer with Denton's, but she's also an animated Canucks follower with the broadcast. Steve Ewan from the province and theprovince.com and more still to come here as we're rating and debating the bulls and bears of sport business on the sport market. This is the first January in many years that the Vancouver Canucks have been such a going concern for their fan base, for their management team and employees, for the National Hockey League, and for the group of seven Canadian-based franchises. We all know the period of the West Coast Express from, you know, sort of 2002 to 2014, including the Sedin era and the back-to-back President's Trophies in 2011 and 2012. Of course, the heartbreak of Game 7 of the Stanley Cup playoffs on home ice at Rogers Arena. A 4-0 defeat and, of course, the riot and shenanigans and, and disappointment and heartbreak that followed that night in Vancouver. But really, you go back to that 2012 season and it's the last time that the Canucks were really the going concern that they are this year and what makes it even more interesting is the fact that it's happening during what appears to be a bit of a renaissance of the Canadian-based franchises in the National Hockey League you've got not just the Canucks you know doing doing their thing at the top of the Atlantic division and one of the top two or three teams in the, in the Western conference, of course, uh, their, their loss against St. Louis on, on Thursday night allowed the Vegas golden Knights and the Colorado avalanche to leapfrog, but also the Winnipeg jets are now officially the hottest team in the national hockey league. They've got the best record overall. And don't look now, but the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers are playing their best hockey 
of the season and most consistent hockey of the season. They're now both those two Alberta teams are both just a couple of points out of the second wild card, which means for a lot of scoreboard watching. Elon Chark is in the producer's chair here at Sportsnet 650 Vancouver. Uh, Elon, can you remember January in your lifetime of following the Vancouver Canucks that they've been this good? It's a totally different way of watching the games, Tom, because I'm always hopeful and I'm positive that the past few years, oh, we got a chance. We can make it into the wild card. We got the Boudreaux bump. We're playing little better. Demko's healthy. Petey's playing great, but I would have never imagined that, you know, watching the games like that, having the feeling of maybe we can get into the playoffs this year, all that hope just to be crushed by a couple points. Sitting here in January, we're sitting here at the top of the Pacific. I I can't say I've ever had this feeling before in January. Now, you were you were just a little guy back in in 2011 in the Stanley Cup run. What do you remember of that run? Yeah, I was young, um, but I do remember the craziness. You know, my family watching every single game. You you go with friends. Just the craziness. You know, the news every single night. The pressure on the team, and I think we're gonna see something similar coming up here. Is Will the pressure be too much? And will the fans, you know, how hard are we going to be on this team? Because PD plays amazing night in, night out. And yet again, I sit here every day and read comments about how PD's not playing good enough. So is this good enough for Canucks fans? We're, we're first in the Pacific. The, you know, the reality is you look at the comments on social, uh, you look at the feedback on, on, on digital stories, you listen to the texts being read and, and the calls being made to uh, this station and others uh, about the Canucks. You'd think that they were on a 10-game losing streak, you know, but, but that's, the, that's the downside of managing expectations. I love the fact that people have got this mindset that they think the Canucks should be winning every game because it, 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 it hasn't been that way over the last couple of years. There's certainly been other kinds of negativity, but it is classic, classic Vancouver Canucks hockey market uh, for the team uh, to have such a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a short fuse with its fans. You know, you have one wobbly game and maybe uh, two or three games where they only have a win compared to the winning three of every four games, which has been most, you know, the standard for most of the way. And uh, people are are panicking. Yeah, and the whole conversation in the offseason was we need to build a better team, right? Management needs to do its part. And what have they done, right? They've upgraded this team. They got guys like, Lafferty, they got Zadorov midseason, Casey DeSmith, an unbelievable piece. Management has done their part. The players are playing well. And the fans, I, I just say let's enjoy this ride. You know, you gotta turn on the game at night and you expect to win. How long has it been since we've had that feeling? Well, as I said, we're we're talking a decade plus. Now, the reality is, you know, and I don't want to throw any cold water on anybody's parade. But this team is still a work in progress. This team still has some major holes to fill. But I give so much credit to the front office, led by 
Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin, but also having the unique and 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 different perspectives of assistant general managers Emily uh, Castonguay and Cami Granado, they've done a terrific job. They've made you know a couple of really important moves that have strengthened the back line. Uh, the performance that the Canucks are getting out of their third and fourth lines is something that was completely missing from this team in 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 recent years. They still have some work to do, but. You know, my message to Canucks fans is enjoy it, enjoy the ride, especially because in that period of the 2000s and the 2010s, for at least the first part of the 2010s, we were spoiled where the team was one of the best teams in the National Hockey League more years than not. And of course, had those back to back uh, President's Trophy uh, seasons. Now, to some fans, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the Stanley Cup, and I get that. But this team is in the right trajectory. That is for sure. And from a sport business point of view, that's why there's so much more interest in terms of uh, talk radio, uh, uh, talk television, uh, merchandising sales. Uh, you're, you're, you're seeing a lot of Blue and green jerseys, but you you might be seeing on a per capita basis even more uh, uh, Canucks uh, uh, skate jerseys. That's a team that has recaptured the hearts of what could be a very fickle fan base. He's Elon Chark. I'm Tom Mayanek. We're happy to have you along for the ride. The thing to watch for is the context of the Canucks second half of the season. I love the fact that the Oilers and the Flames have made the progress that they've made because that gives another reason for Canucks fans to be engaged given those rivalries. Winnipeg Jets are such a great story that not enough people are talking about. Uh, They are now the holders of the best record. The Toronto Maple Leafs will always draw love and hate, including from Canadian fans from coast to coast. But Martin Jones is a made-in-Vancouver story that is one to watch for as he uh, gets the starting assignment again uh, tonight against the San Jose Shark for those Maple Leafs. But I could see a scenario where you could have four of seven Canadian-based teams make the playoffs. I'm not so sure about pushing the envelope to five of them, but four is a healthy lot It gives Sportsnet, it gives uh, NHL sponsors, it gives the franchises themselves and the NHL a lot to work with. We're going to go around the horn with Steve Ewan of the province and the province.com just around the corner. And we'll finish the show strong with Samantha Chang of Denton's and the Broadcast. That's all still to come here as we're rating debating the bulls and bears of sport business on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver and the Sport Market Radio Network. Let's be honest. Y'all thought a Canadian, a Canadian could ever have the United States Championship the United States Championship. Kevin, brother, you beating me for the U.S. title is like the Canucks winning a Stanley Cup. No lies detected, KP. It's never going to happen. 
Logan Paul and the WWE traveling band coming to Vancouver's Rogers Arena for WWE SmackDown on a Friday night in January. Logan Paul not wasting any time uh, before riling up the uh, Canucks fans in the audience at what is normally the home of the Vancouver Canucks. They haven't been dissed like that since the Boston Bruins left with a 4 nothing win game seven back in 2011 and to weigh in on this and a lot more is Steve Ewan of the province and the province.com that Logan Paul he is a marketing machine he gets it doesn't he even if he uh, has to play uh, the role that he just played as the spoiler for for Canucks fans last night attending oh I, I think that's classic um, old school old school wrestling you know playing the heel and getting the getting the the cheap heat from uh, the local fans. You, you see it all the time. They, you know, going and mock the, you know, the local hometown team. But he, he did it. Uh, he did it outstanding. Hey, that was that was as good as you could probably pull that off. I mean, what a YouTube and marketing sensation! His latest venture, Logan Paul's latest venture, is Prime Energy Drink, and they are making a real dent in the U.S. market, but now in Canada as well. At the same time, that BioSteel has new uh, uh, Canadian ownership on those uh, uh, energy drink wars. Uh, it, it's interesting, Steve, because. At the national international level, the $21.4 billion merger of UFC and WWE creating TKO Holdings, that's a big uh, storyline and a penny stock for us to watch because they've got real aspirations to do NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball type uh, sponsorship deals moving forward, uh, blending both UFC and WWE. But from a local perspective, um, it was great to see that kind of entertainment at Rogers Arena because we haven't seen WWE uh, really for a while in, in any form, haven't we? No, and, and, and this is a, a great wrestling city, uh, professional wrestling city. I, I, the, uh, there a lot of really good amateur wrestlers have, or, or independent wrestlers have, have come out of here. And, and I think Chelsea Green, who was on the card, is from the island. And, and you know, there's, you know there, there's other various wrestlers that are trying to, you know, trying to break in or right on the cusp of breaking into to, to, to that level. So fun to see them back, fun to see Kevin Owens, the, uh, a Canadian guy against Logan Paul, and I, I just you know I think it's I, I I've always got a soft spot for wrestling, so I, I'm uh, obviously you know obviously a big fan. We'll go from WWE SmackDown Friday at Rogers Arena to the Vancouver Canucks, who are on the road at Game Two of a seven-game road trip. What do you make uh, of the latest installment in the Andre Kuzmenko uh, uh, hockey business soap opera? I I think Rick Tockett has been on point with everything he's done. So to get too excited about what he's doing and and wonder if he's right, I think is is a little um, far fetched. The other side of it is is it's it's becoming a regular story. So you either you have to figure out what what you can do to get him back in Tockett's good books, or it'd be good to move on from him. And and to you know make that to 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 bring in a guy that that fits in the talking system. I mean, it's obviously you know I understand he's not doing what Talkit wants, and I think that's I, 
I think you you need to look at that as the bigger picture, and, and that if it's it's a statement talk, it's talking is making to the group, saying that you know we we need X, Y, and Z from from guys, and if we're not going to get it, we're going to sit you out, even if you did get 39 goals last year, and we give you a big contract. So I I think it's that's the statement that that's being made, and I don't think that can be lost on the fans. What else do we need to be thinking about from a hockey business point of view, from a sport business point of view, when it comes to these 2023-2024 Vancouver Canucks? I, I think it's just going to be fun to see a playoff run and, and see them get into the playoffs and see what that does for uh, your local pub. And, and I, I think, you know, at, at the places that I frequent, you're, you're starting to see a pickup in business and you're starting to see more people cheer after goals and, I mean, there was a stretch there where, you know, one of the uh, one of the places I go to, they they weren't even playing the sound during games, and now you're, you're getting that again, and and you know people are getting interested again, and that mainstream fan is coming back and starting to want to know about Kuzmenko and and Hughes and you know you know what has an opinion on Tyler Myers, and, and I, it's it's becoming fun again. It's it, you know they've they really brought the fun back to the hockey team. Let's go around the horn and stick with hockey, but uh, go to WHL style. Vancouver Giants, of course, uh, get most of the attention here in the lower mainland, but the Prince George Cougars continue to be a big BC story in the WHL. They are the best team in the BC. They, they might be the best team in the Western Conference. They might be the best bet from the side of the Rockies to win, you know, win the WHL championship, though I do think the Eastern Conference with, you know, the, the Saskatoon Blades and Messinette Tigers and, you know, those teams, I, I think that's the stronger conference, that Moose Warriors. So I, I think it's going to be – the trade deadline is coming is next Wednesday. Um, Prince George has made a couple of moves. It would be interesting to see if they make another big move, if they go out and take a, you know, take a big swing and try and make a, a real um, substantial ad. Um the the Wenatchee Wild, who were the old Winnipeg Ice, uh, they were they were second in the conference, but they had the Ice had given up so much, yeah, had given given away so much draft capital that they and you know uh, the Wild ended up trading their two best guys. So it it's it's a, it's a different trade deadline than we've seen before. The Edmonton the Edmonton Oil Kings were last in the East. They ended up you know. Take you know trading for one of Seattle's best players in terms of a future move. So it's there's there's still lots to be done before Wednesday. BC Lions uh, shifting to uh, three down football CFL style. It is the Lions off season, but certainly no shortage of football on television. Both NFL football setting records, uh, all time records in terms of ninety three of the top one hundred most watched American television shows were NFL games and Super Bowl uh, last year. Uh, college football, uh, the Rose Bowl, uh, is an all time top ten cable sports telecast. Of course, that was on on ESPN. If you're a Mar Doman and you've got a uh, a Grey Cup run ahead of you, uh, you're 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 not minding this attention on American football because a football fan is a football fan, and it keeps the awareness and it keeps the uh, uh, the hunger for the game. And now is the time where, of course, the Lions are marketing to season ticket holders a package that includes ho- uh, a Grey Cup hosting opportunity in uh, November. 
I, my understanding is that the, the tickets are going very well and, and people are very, you know, want to be in on the great cup. And it, it, again, it's, it's, you know, uh, Amar Doman just, just with, uh, just, just showing that he cares about the fans. And, and I think the team getting better, I think that's really brought people back to the CFL. And I think there's an interest in what do they do and, and how do they get to that next level? And what do they, you know, how do they, how do they get out of the West? How do they beat the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Blue Bombers? What what type of things can they do in the the, the upcoming free agent period? Uh, when it comes to soccer, we're uh, we're represented, of course, by the Vancouver Whitecaps FC in Major League Soccer, uh, and also by Vancouver FC and Pacific FC in the Canadian Premier League. Uh, what uh, above and beyond anything has has captured your eye on the soccer front? No, I'm I'm training camp is coming up and. I'm interested to see who, who they bring in and, and for the Whitecaps and who, how they build off that that late surge last year and, and what can they do to get better. I, I, it doesn't feel like the roster has taken a step yet, but there's still there's still obvious you know obviously time to to you know make some ads. Uh, can you believe that we're about 90 days away uh, for uh, completing the first week of uh, high A-League baseball for the Vancouver Canadians at Nat Bailey Stadium? No, it feels like, you know, it feels like the winter has kind of flown by. So that's exciting. And exci- I, I, you know, pitchers and catchers report uh, in about a month to, to um, Major League Spring Training. I mean, it's, it's you know base. I'm I'm a big baseball guy. I'm a big Matt Bailey guy. I'm I'm, I'm excited to see who the manager is going to be. Um, I I don't imagine it's going to be Brent Brent Lavely for a third straight year. But being a you know a North Delta guy, that that would be awfully fun to see if they brought him back. So that's that's kind of the the next question for me is is who's, who will be who who will be in charge of the seas this year. How notable has been the championship in their marketing? Uh, you know, in your eyes. I think it's been notable. I, th- I think it's still, I, I I still believe that they that you know it's about hot dogs and the experience, and warm weather and craft beer, and I, I think they're able to sell everything. I think the I, I think having that Blue Jay tie is a nice little add-on for them. But I think more than anything, it's it's just it, it's a, become such a part of Vancouver summers that you have to get down to the net at you know at least once or twice, and, and you have to be a part of it. And, I, I think they've they've really become a summer brand, right? I think you have, you have to get to Stanley Park, you have to get to Matt Bailey. I think it's become that that kind of connection with with summer in uh, in this town. Very quickly, Vancouver Warriors, uh, Kurt Malofsky, of course, both uh, uh, general manager and head coach uh, of the team. Uh, what do you see as being the most critical next steps for the Warriors in their evolution? After a disappointing loss last week to Colorado, where they you know coughed up coughed up a big lead, I think uh, the Calgary Roughnecks, which is Kurt's former team, are coming to town this coming week. I, I think you're getting into you know must must win territory that they're, they're they're one and three i i think in terms of the business i i think you need to start winning some games and, and really getting people excited again and showing that you've made steps i mean if you're a lacrosse fan if you're diehard you look at the roster and you, make, you know the roster's better but I, I think you need to win over that mainstream fan to 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 really do some business here 
Steve, as always, we so I'm appreciate... I'm trying to do some business, Tom. I'm no, trying. No, no, and you're doing a great job. We're always so happy and fortunate to have you on board. Happy New Year. Happy, healthy, uh, game-changing uh, 2024 for you. Uh, and thanks for everything you do for the sport market. There we go. We'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. He is Steve Ewan of The Province and theprovince.com. We'll finish the hour and the show strong with Samantha Chang. Get her take on the Andre Kuzmenko soap opera with the Canucks and the Canucks aspirations approaching the second half in a crowded group of Canadian teams trying to get to the postseason. That's next right here as we're rating and debating the bulls and bears of sport business on the Sportsnet Radio Network and the Sport Market Radio Network. We're going to finish this hour and the show strong with our closing bell segment with Samantha Chang of the Broadscast, of course, a, a lawyer at Denton's as well, and always a great opinion or two on the Canucks in particular and the National Hockey League in general uh, as we watch the Philadelphia Flyers take down the Calgary Flames. Looks like that one will finish at 3-2. Samantha I know that you've been a, a, a soap opera person throughout, uh, you know, your, your younger years, but here we've got a real-life Vancouver Canucks sport business soap opera around uh, Andre Kuzmenko. How does that story play out in your mind? Oh, man, what a, what a story, Tom. Um, I mean, it's hard to, when you think about how well this, his season went last year, um, it's it's a bit disappointing for it to have ended up where it is now um you know i think you and i have talked about before the fact that this was maybe one of the few mistakes i think and mistake may be a strong word for it but one of the few questionable things that uh patrick olvin has done which was giving him this contract which you know i think has turned out to be an overpayment on the basis of of a very short uh sample size um and it's you know, I, I think there's this is one of those hard ones where you you know how much potential is there and we've seen it, but it just hasn't shown up this year. And it's hard to know whether you cut your losses now or whether you give it a little more time. Uh, what's the more important issue in your mind, the salary cap hit of north of five million dollars this season or the fact that he doesn't seem to be a fit or he hasn't earned the right fit in Rick Tockett's structure and lineup? I mean, I, I think, I don't know if you can separate those things. Um, you know, if he, if he can't earn his spot in the lineup, um, and I, I think Tockett has been pretty consistent with when, when he gets scratched or benched and, and what he's been unhappy with in his play, and it doesn't seem to be, there doesn't seem to be any kind of marked improvement I don't know how you can justify that cap hit when that's happening. Um, and especially at a time where you're going into an off season where you need pretty much every dollar you have to sign Elias Pettersson. I, you know, that, that cap space is, is crucial. And you just did the perfect segue. Uh, I know so much of it is reading tea leaves. Uh, and we talked about the open quotes, rumor, close quotes, involving the Chicago Blackhawks. Of course, in a week that ends with Connor Bedard out four to six weeks with an injury uh, in just 
a remarkable turn. I, Samantha, I keep on have to shake my head that he's not, he's 18. He doesn't even turn 19 until July of 2024. And he's got the uh, 15 goals and, and 18 assists. But, you know, we, we obviously saw the reports, the speculation, the uh, imagination of that rumor. But there's there's got to be a way for the Vancouver Canucks to find the right deal with Elias Patterson. In your view, are you in the camp of any extension is better than no extension at all? Or should it really be a, a, a long-term deal that defines success for the Canucks? I think it has to be a long-term deal at this point, Tom. I mean, they're they're only in this position now because they had so little cap space when they had to re-sign him the last time that they couldn't lock him up to a long-term deal. And they're paying they're paying that price now because they're going to have to give him more money than they likely would have if they could have afforded a long-term deal. And I can't imagine that, you know, giving him another short-term extension if the Canucks perform the way they have been this season for the next few years, you know, his next extension is going to be essentially unaffordable, I think, if they if they can't lock him up now. We're talking to Samantha Chang of the Broadcast for another couple of moments. Uh, Samantha, it's early in the new year, uh, early in your uh, broad broadcast cycle with the Broadcast. But what are the other headlines? What are the other things that you're keeping your eye on, and you think that we need to keep our eye on as we get into January, February, and March of 2024? I, I mean, I think the next two months are kind of the most interesting part of the season. It's it's kind of where the middle of the pack sorts, it starts to sort itself out and leading up to the trade deadline. I think that's going to be really interesting. It's, I was excited for the all-star game um, to see Bedard, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen now, which is I think a bit of a blow for the, for the NHL. Um, I, you know, I think it's a really interesting cultural moment for the league over the last couple of over the last week basically you see the the winter classic numbers tanking um it just absolutely atrocious tv numbers and really i think the bigger headlines were around the debate that jennifer botterill and jamal myers were having on sportsnet about whether or not deliberate deliberate retaliation is is the right direction of the league and i think all of these things point to kind of a shifting of where the league is at and a decision that they have to make about what they want to promote um, to fans and to growing the game. And I, I don't know that we've, I don't know that they have a clear idea of what they want to do. Um, and so that's, that's something that I find really interesting. Sam, as always, really appreciate all your perspectives. Thanks for being part of the closing bell here on the sport market. Have a terrific rest of the weekend and happy, healthy, and very productive new year uh, for you and yours and for uh, all of your teammates at the broadcast. Thanks, Tom. You too. She is Samantha Chang of the Broadcast. Uh, she's also part of the selection committee of the BC Sports Hall of Fame and is co-chair of the BC Sports Hall of Fame induction banquet, which is scheduled uh, May 15th, 16th, 2024. On behalf of Elon Chark and all of us here at, at Sportsnet 650 and the entire team behind the sport market, have a terrific first full weekend of the new year. And we'll check in with you same time, same bat channel next week. Here's a lighter side take on the business of sport. The Sport Market on Sportsnet 650 presents The Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson. 
The Canucks up 5-0 after the first against the Senators Tuesday. Elias Pettersson called it, quote, one of our best periods of the year, unquote. I hope so. It was January 2nd. Star Wars night in St. Louis Thursday, but the anthem singer looked like he was from Poonville. Vancouver shot like stormtroopers. Lots of Missouri fans went as Jabba the Hutt. Oh, wait, those weren't costumes. And San Jose lost their ninth straight game. They and Chicago at the bottom of the league. By the way, the Blackhawks host the Sharks January 16th in the Macklin Celebrini sweepstakes. Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Los Angeles Ducks of Anaheim 2-1 in OT, had 57 shots against Anaheim goalie Lucas Dostal. It was the rare instance when after an OT, the winning team swarmed the other team's goalie. You should talk. Ilya Samsonov has become the Alec Manoa of goalies. You've been listening to The Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson, a special feature of the sport market. Listen again on the podcast and stay tuned Tuesdays at noon at facebook.com slash the sport market.